Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my property mastermind mentorship. Hello, and welcome to episode number 188 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the future of serviced accommodation with the coming regulations. Now, at the moment, the English government is in a consultation period and they've made suggestions about how they want to regulate the serviced accommodation business. We're not really going to know the outcome of that until the 7th of June, but I wanted to release this podcast to give you a heads up so at least you know what's happening. Now, in England and Wales, and Scotland, the situation is different. They've already introduced licensing in Scotland. In Wales, we're not quite sure what's going to be happening there. And in England, they're in this consultation period and looks like changes are definitely coming. So service accommodation, otherwise known as SA, short-term rentals or Airbnb, can be a very profitable strategy when done correctly. There's a huge demand and I believe it's a real opportunity for you. Unfortunately, many investors are not doing it correctly because at the moment in England, it's a bit like the wild, wild west with no regulations. So I believe regulation is actually a good thing in the property industry. It cleans the industry up. It gives it a better name. You know exactly what you can and can't do. And it's better for those of us who want to do our investing professionally. Now, before I talk about the new suggested changes coming to England, what I want to do is talk about the current challenges with serviced accommodation. And there are three areas and they are planning permission, leases and finance. So first of all, let's talk about planning permission. Now, the problem right now is that there is no special classification for holiday lets. It's a very gray area. Either you might have a property that's a normal apartment or house, which is a residential C3 classification used as a holiday let. Or if it's a large establishment, it might actually be a C1 planning classification, which is actually a hotel. And so most people using service accommodation, they fit into one of those two areas. Um, But there's this real uncertainty exactly what it should be. Now, the government is talking about introducing a brand new planning use class, which is going to be C5, which I actually think is a really good idea. And I'm going to talk more about that later on in this episode of the podcast. The next current challenge is with leases. So in England, we have freehold and we have leasehold property. If you have a leasehold property within the lease, there are certain things you can and can't do. And in newer properties, certainly ones built probably within the last five years, often there's a clause in there that restricts the owner from using the property as short-term lets. And the reason is if you have a block of apartments and most people are living there long-term, they don't want people coming and going on short-term lets. So you always need to check the lease very carefully if it's a leasehold property. If it's an older property, it probably wasn't mentioned in the lease because it wasn't an issue maybe 10 years ago. And if it's a freehold property, again, you don't really have a problem. The final challenge with service accommodation right now that people run into is the finance. Now, the reality is most UK lenders don't really understand service accommodation. Uh, their mortgages are not set up for that. And so if you said to a normal Um, buy-to-let mortgage company, can I use it for SA, short-term accommodation? They'd probably say no. 
Computer says, no, you can't do it. Now, there are an increasing number of lenders who do understand SA and have products where you can rent it out on a short-term basis. However, interestingly enough, they often want to make sure that the rental income is as sufficient as a single let to cover the mortgage and the other costs. That's because if your SA business doesn't work as planned, they want to make sure you can still afford to pay the mortgage. So that's the current situation. Now, if you have a larger property like a hotel, to get finance on that is very much seen as commercial finance and you will need to have a track record before you can get finance. So what a lot of people do is they will buy a property, they'll on bridging or, or private money, pension money, they'll operate it as uh, serviced accommodation for a period of time. Once they have the track record, they'll then go to a normal commercial lender and refinance it to pay back that original debt. Okay, so there are the three areas of concern at the moment. What do the new regulations mean? Well, remember, this is in consultation at the moment, but what the English government are suggesting is first of all, there's going to be a new register. So they don't know how many properties are being used as short term rentals at the moment. So the idea is they'll get you to register as a minimum the address of the property, the number of rooms in the property, and how many nights a year is that property available for. And that will be a really interesting reg to give a general idea about exactly how much accommodation is being offered as short-term rentals. The next thing is they're introducing this new class for holiday lets, as I mentioned earlier, called C5. Now, at the moment, what this means is when this comes in, and remember, it's just in consultation at the moment. If you have a unit you're already using as a short-term let holiday home, you can notify the local council and you will be given planning permission automatically under permitted development rights. Having said this, in certain areas, there is an oversupply of holiday accommodation, particularly in some of the coastal villages where there's lots of second homes, lots of holiday homes. The local councils are concerned that local residents are being priced out of the market and can't afford to buy homes because of all the holiday homes. So in these areas, I think there's definitely going to be a restriction of supply. What that means is the government might use um, what's called the Article 4 direction to remove permitted development rights. Now, you might well be very aware of Article 4 when it comes to HMOs. Um, in certain areas, there are too many HMOs and the local council have introduced the Article 4 direction to remove the permitted development rights of turning a normal house, which is a C3 classification, into an HMO, which is a C4 classification. So within an Article 4 area, if you want to turn a house into an HMO, you need to get planning permission. It's going to be exactly the same thing with certain holiday homes. If you want to turn a normal residential property into a holiday home in an Article 4 area, you will need to get planning permission. Now, please be aware, Article 4 is, is dependent upon the actual strategy, so it doesn't mean it's going to apply to everything. It means that in some areas there's Article 4 with reference to HMOs, in some areas there'll be Article 4 with reference to holiday homes. So it's about checking with the local council when the requirements come in, into force. And I also believe that because of this new register, and it's just my belief at the moment, I'd be very surprised if local councils don't want to start introducing some sort of licensing for holiday homes. Um, in many areas, we can look at what's happening at the moment with HMOs. 
councils often use licensing as a way of raising revenue. Now, they're only supposed to charge as much as it costs to administer the system, but I'm convinced that many councils use it as a revenue-raising opportunity. And I'm sure councils will jump on the bandwagon again with serviced accommodation. So if there's licensing, you might have to get your property up to certain safety standards. And by the way, I think that's a good thing. Um, and what I'd recommend is no one knows what's going to be required, but if you look at the safety requirements in an HMO, things like interlinked smoke alarms, um, fire doors, intermission strips, emergency exit lights, those kind of things, probably setting your accommodation up with those kind of um, safety standards is probably going to future-proof your business against future licensing requirements. Now, one of the areas this is going to cause a problem is where people are doing rent to rent with SA units. What that means is they're finding someone who's got a property. They don't really want the hassle or they don't want to rent it out themselves. They rent it off the owner. Then they then rent it out on a short term basis. So it's rent to SA. Now, so it can be a very profitable strategy. But if you imagine that licensing does come into place, which may or may not happen, and there are improved safety requirements. Well, who's going to pay for those? Is the owner of the property going to have to pay for them? Is the person operating the SA going to want to pay for them? Now, as they don't own the property, they're going to give it back to the owner. They might be reluctant to spend that kind of money. So I think we might see a lot of people who are rent-to-rent -rent SA operators probably come out of the industry. Now, what that means is there might be a reduction in the supply of short-term lets, which means that generally prices are probably going to go up where the demand outstrips the supply. So it's going to be a very interesting next 12 months in the world of a service accommodation. As long as you know what you're doing, uh, I still think huge opportunities. What I'm personally doing, I'm very interested in SA. Um, because of the planning issue, I'm more looking at C1 larger hotels that might have been a former bed and breakfast that I'm looking to convert into a part hotels. I think that's a, a very good way to move forward. And in fact, I'm actually getting some training about that. So two of my former students uh, who've been very successful in their own right. Um, they've actually done a couple of these part hotels. They've worked out all the systems and the processes. And I'm a firm believer if everyone wants to learn something, I don't try and work it out myself. I go and find someone who uh, has done what I want to do, who's got really good at that, and they've started to teach other people how to do it. So I'm actually going to become the student of some of my students and learn. And I think uh, having an open mind to recognize we can always learn more is a trait that many successful people have. So that's pretty much it for me. I'm going to share as more information comes out about essay regulation in this podcast. And also as I go on my um, apart hotel journey, I'll also have a couple of episodes of the podcast talking about that. Now in the next episode of this podcast, I'm going to be talking all about is essay or HMO the best strategy. They're both high cash flow strategies. They're both suitable for the current market. But which of them is actually best? We're going to be comparing the two and help you come up with a decision. Uh, you might want to do both the strategies. You might decide to do one of them or the other. Entirely up to you. But I think the next episode of the podcast next week's going to be very, very valuable for you. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd love it if you can give me a five-star review. Normally where the episodes are listed, there's an opportunity to give a review. I'd really appreciate a five-star review. 
and say, what do you like about this podcast? The more reviews we have, the more people will find this podcast and we'll be able to benefit from this free information that I give out every single Tuesday. So I do hope you've enjoyed listening. Until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.